to the end of the text, we're going to know why light is so important. Here it is. Who gives the sun for light by day and fixed the order of the moon and stars at night for light. What is the purpose of the sun, moon, and stars according to that text? Light. Light. Who stirs up the sea that is in the way it's, that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is His name. If this fixed order departs before me, declares the Lord, if this fixed order disappears, then the offspring of Israel also will cease from being a nation before me forever. The reality is, God's character is at stake for the life of Israel. He said nothing will change. There will be the sun, the moon, the stars, all those things. Everything that I have set up, until those things pass away, Israel will be always My people. They will not be eradicated from this earth. Nobody can eradicate them. How many follow that? Now, why is that so important? I'm going to leave that verse up and tell you why it's so important. Because I'm going to go show you the next one. We're going to talk about the fleeing. They have to flee from their capital city because Antichrist is trying to eradicate them. Here's the deal. How long has it been since Israel has been at peace without no, any nation wanting to eradicate them? Follow with me. This is going to be a really quick thing, okay? Follow with me. Listen closely. I will give distinct answers to that. Why is it? <clears throat> Why does Satan believe that he must destroy Israel from off the face of the earth? Why is it Israel? What is the point? And let's just be honest. Have people, the world, nations, try to eradicate Israel? Yes or no? Absolutely. Why? Because they have this huge swath of land? Are you kidding me? No! Because they're really rich people and they get this huge amount of wealth? No! Why then? Why, humanly speaking, do people want to eradicate? What are they doing to them? One person says it this way. Well, if i got to think of a reason, it's because Jewish women are really pretty. And it makes me look bad. What? How many understand there's no reason, humanly speaking, to eradicate Israel? They're a blip in the middle of nowhere. They are a nothing, humanly speaking. But, listen to what has happened. I'm going to go through this quick. Listen to this. We can understand why Satan wants to destroy Israel before the cross. How many can understand? Oh yeah, before the cross, I know why Satan wants to kill Jesus. Why? why kill the Jews? Why? Because of Jesus dying on the cross for sin. Let's look what happened. Israel was and did bring redemption to the world. Did, he, did they not? Satan tried to thwart that when Abraham went to Egypt and lied about Sarah, near, nearly causing Pharaoh to violate her. What would have happened? When Abraham and Ishmael with Hagar bypassing Sarah, what would have happened? They're still dealing with the issues today. When Ishmael ridiculed Isaac, attempting you to usurp Isaac's position, when Esau attempted to gain Jacob's blessing from Isaac, the, when Pharaoh ordered all human, all male Hebrew infants to be murdered, when Pharaoh attempted to destroy Israel backed up against the Red Sea, when Israel decided to worship the golden calf at Mount Sinai, when Israel decided to stay in the wilderness rather than go into Canaan, when Moab tried to destroy Israel and stop them from entering Canaan, when the Canaanites amassed all their armies and got a contingency together to destroy Israel, when the surrounding nations tried to destroy Israel during the time of the judges, when the surrounding nations tried to destroy Israel at the time of the kings, when a Syrian army destroyed Israel and much of Judah, when Babylon army destroyed the temple in Jerusalem, 
when the refugees from Babylon and Persia were restoring the temple and Jerusalem. When Haman attempted to destroy all the Jews throughout the Persian Empire. When the Greco-Syrian forces tried to Hellenize Judea under Antiochus Epiphanes. That makes sense why, try, why Satan tried to destroy Israel before Jesus was born, doesn't it? Makes absolute sense. Yeah, go ahead because you're going to try to keep Jesus <coughs> of making the perfect sacrifice for all humanity. That's understandable. What about when He was born until He died? Well, yeah, that makes sense too, right? So you have the time before Christ. They wanted to eradicate Israel. Now the time of Christ. During His life, Christ. Yeah, we need to kill this King. We need to kill Jesus. Or at least get it so He can't do what God has called Him to do. So, what about the time of Jesus Christ? Were there people trying to eradicate Him? Well, when Herod slaughtered all the children trying to eradicate Jesus. When the family came back from Egypt and decided to live elsewhere, Nazareth. When the scribes and the Pharisees tried killing Him at the first Passover during His ministry. When the Jewish leaders fiercely questioned Him to get Him to say something blasphemous in order to... What? Kill Him. When Satan himself tried to trip Him up in the wilderness. When his hometown mob of Nazareth tried pushing Him over the cliff. Why did Satan try to eradicate Israel and then Jesus? Because salvation is from the Jews. That's why. Well, we can understand that. But the problem is there's 2,000 years from that time. Has the nations of this world tried to eradicate the Jews? Why now? Why? Think about this. Why would they have to try to kill Israel now? Hey, Jesus has already come, right? If redemption, if everything's about redemption, that's already taken place. So why in the world is Satan trying to eradicate Israel through Nazism, through, through the uh, Muslims, through Syria, through Afghanistan and, 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 and Iraq and Iran, all these people that want to wipe them off the face of the earth? Let me ask you, do they? Why? He's already come. And some of you might not get this, but if you're a theologian, you'll get this. If it's all about redemption, there's no reason for them to kill Israel now. The issue is, it's not all about redemption. It's all about God's glory. And this verse right behind me, Jeremiah 31, 35-36 Israel must remain. It's not about redemption. It was before. It's now about it, and it was about his glory, about God's glory then too. But it's obviously about God's glory now, for sure, is it not? You can't just say, "Well, it's about redemption." It, it, it's not. Jesus already died, rose again. That's taken care of. There's something more going on. Are you following me? Some of you are lost. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not just about the reason they wanted to kill Israel isn't simply about redemption. It's not just about salvation. It's not just about the Gospel. There's something greater. That is God's glory. And God's character is at stake if Israel is wiped off the face of the earth. Here's the deal. If Israel's is wiped off the face of the earth if they are eradicated. What good is your salvation? Yeah, God's words are not worth anything. The issue is, and that's why it's so important. That's why, listen, folks, together for the gospel, gospel, this gospel, the gospel is super important. Absolutely, amen. But there's an underlying, more important issue, and it's God's glory. God brought about salvation for His glory. God is going to save Israel and make them a great nation for His glory. It's the same thing. So why is it? Here we go. After Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, why did Satan continue to want to wipe them out? You say, well, how did that happen? Let me, I'm going to ask you that. You ready? 
Y'all wrote down everything I said before, right? Here we go. When the Roman army destroyed Judea and Jerusalem twice in A.D. 70 and A.D. 135. If you remember, they went all the way to Masada and wiped out the last known ones of the Jews. When the Jewish people were scattered and persecuted throughout the world for 2,000 years. When Hitler organized the Holocaust and destroyed over 6 million Jews. When the Jews attempted to return to Israel against extensive international opposition. When Israel declared its independence in 1947 and was immediately invaded by Egypt, Jordan, and and Syria. When Syria was invaded in 1967 and 1973 by its surrounding neighbors. When Israel was disrupted by numerous, numerous attacks from Palestinians and jihadists. When Hamas hurled thousands of rockets from Gaza into Israel in 2014. And frankly, they did it again in 2021. Why is it there's still... the? I mean, you take away the Middle East turmoil, you almost have a pretty quiet world. In general. Why is it that Satan is still trying to eradicate the Jews. It gets worse. We read just now in the prophecy texts that midway through the tribulation, the world leader will do what? Try to eradicate Israel. It's a never-ending theme. How many see that? Never-ending. Over and over again. It's understandable why Satan tried to kill Jesus till tried to kill Israel before the cross, but why after the cross? Why is it so important that Israel remains after the cross? Because the character of God is at stake. If Israel were annihilated, all the promises God gave to them would not happen, and God would be a liar. For 4,000 years, the Jewish people have faced relentless persecution, opposition, and attempts to annihilate them and destroy them. If it were any other people, it would be totally irrational and insane. This is a little tiny people's. Why Israel? Do they have a huge arsenal of weapons compared to the world? No. Do they have a large landmass that they could really use? No. Do they have unrich do they have riches unmatched in the world? No. Then why? Why eradicate a people that possesses nothing worth fighting for, humanly speaking? The answer is God's name, God's character, and God's trustworthiness. For Satan, the destruction of Israel is not only about depleting God, but it's also self-preservation. His days are numbered. Amen? Ultimately, the survival of Israel results in the eternal perdition of Satan. Because when Israel repents and returns and they recognize Jesus Christ as their sovereign Lord King, that generation of Israel will be saved. Amen? All of them. And Satan's plan to destroy the Jews will finally be defeated. Christ will return to earth. He will destroy the satanic Antichrist and his armies at Armageddon. He will establish His kingdom over Israel and the world for a thousand years and then cast Satan at the end of that into the lake of fire forever. Amen. Matthew 29, I think, I'll I'll go through the rest of it and then we'll get into it. Matthew 23, 39-24, For I say unto you, from now on you shall not see Me, Again, until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. While the remnant of Israel in every generation 
would receive him all during the long period between his first and second coming, the church age. The nation of Israel will not receive him until after the rapture of the church. And only some of them are going to receive it during uh, receive him during the tribulation. But after the tribulation, all of Israel is saved, just like all the earth is saved at a moment in history. And that spells doom for Satan. <clears throat> Israel did not know its great hour of visitation when Jesus came the first time. But after the worst wrath of God the world had ever seen in the last three and a half years of the tribulation, they will know. They will know. And they will willingly and eagerly Receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. What a great thing. What a great thing. Now, do, I, do we understand that it's talking specifically in this text about Israel fleeing away from the Antichrist for self-preservation? All right. Zechariah chapter 13. We just read this. And it will come about in that land, declares the Lord, that two parts in it will be cut off and perish. Do you know what that's saying? Two-thirds of all of Israel are annihilated. Two-thirds. That makes Nazi Germany nothing. This is a big deal. And I will bring the third part through the fire. What fire? The great tribulation. I will keep them. I will preserve them. I will refine them as silver is refined. This isn't going to be a pleasant time. And test them as gold is tested. The holocaust of that day will surpass every other catastrophe that has ever occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever shall. In other words, you thought World War II was bad? You ain't seen nothing yet. That last three and a half years is unsurpassed wrath. Unsurpassed carnage. Now, we're not sure exactly, perfectly, which judgments are going to be on, but I will tell you as we go through this, Here's what I believe, okay? I believe the seal judgments are the first ones and they're going to take a while, but this, right towards the end of those seal judgments comes the bowl judgments and the trumpet judgments and the last of the seal judgments. The Holocaust of that day. This is going to be worse than it's ever been on this earth. What's going to happen? When the Lamb broke, this is in Israel we find that two out of every three Jews will be slaughtered. But it won't only be there. Christians around the world that have been saved during the tribulation will be marked and sought after to destroy and kill. Revelation 6, 9-11, through 11, when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the Word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. There are going to be millions of people slaughtered for their faith all over the world. And they cried out with a loud voice. These are the those that are died during the, during the tribulation. How long, O Lord, holy and true, will You refrain from judging and offend, avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth. earth. <coughs> and there was given to each of them a white robe. And they were told that they should rest for a little while longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who were to be killed, even as they had been, would be completed also. God has a specific... He knows every little detail. Do you see the detail there? <coughs> I will not do this until the last person that I have numbered will be here. After these things I looked and behold, Revelation 7, 9, a great multitude which no one could count, 
So those are them crying. These are them showing up. As if a resurrection took place midway through the tribulation in heaven. They show up. It says, And behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands. Revelation 7.9 These are those that are saved during the tribulation. Then those who are in Judea must flee, run away as fast as possible, to the mountains. <clears throat> to the mountains. Then shows... <coughs> what about these mountains? We find in Revelation chapter 12, this is the first part of it, <clears throat> we'll explain what's going to happen. See if some of this language rings a bell from Matthew 24. For this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and to the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. He's failed eradicating them so far. Now he's going to, i got to do everything I can to eradicate him. Now it's like major spiritual warfare. Satan is out to destroy Israel during the tribulation because he knows it's his last gasp of of, of depleting God's great authority and His sovereignty. And when the dragon saw that he has thrown down to the earth, he and by the way, he was thrown down to the earth. Some people say, well, that's Satan. <clears throat> you see, he's already been released from his pit. They conflate the kingdom to this. How many see this? Remember Revelation chapter 20? Satan is thrown to a pit and held there for a thousand years. They conflate that, and I don't even understand all the nonsense they're talking about. This is Satan. What is he doing? He's in heaven accusing you before the Father. And Jesus said, ah, that guy's under my blood. See, there's a battle going on in heaven. Listen, this is not the pit and being changed. That happens later. I don't know how you get a pit from being thrown from heaven unless you believe heaven's a pit. Then we got a lot of problems. How many believe heaven's a pit? Okay, enough of that. <clears throat> Here we go. He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. Who's that talking about? The woman who gave birth to the male child. Who's the male child? Jesus Christ. Who's the woman? Israel. Talking about Israel here. But the two wings of great eagles were given to the woman so that they should fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half time from the presence of the serpent. Oh my goodness. There's so much here. Here's the deal. How many want to know I am a great big advocate of not assuming or saying this means that when we talk about end times. <clears throat> like, so people say the locusts are helicopters with hell missiles. It's not what it says. <laughs> it says locusts, okay? Same thing here. Here's how the, this is how wacko people get. I'm asking you, I'm begging you, please don't get wacko with stuff. Please don't. Listen to this. But the two wings of, great e of the great eagle were given to the woman. Here's how people interpret that. The United States steps up as the great eagle and saves Israel. Where did you get that? This does not equal this. If you can't understand this, don't use this. We, we don't know that's talking about America. That's crazy. Don't say that. Don't. That's America. Here's another one. This gets worse. <clears throat> Some people say the great wing eagles, El Jazeera. How many know what Al Jazeera is? Anybody know what that is? What is it? Okay, news organization. They also say it is 
me this wrong. I can't remember the name of it. What's the name of the airplanes Israel has? Anybody know? Huh? So they think it's 747s owned by Israel. The great <laughs> eagles are the 747s that come and whisk them away. Is that a stretch? That's in modern day understanding of this text. Listen, the Bible doesn't say any of that stuff. Okay. The Bible doesn't say this is America or 747 commercial airplanes. It doesn't say that at all. It says this great eagle. Could it be those things? I have no idea. But I will tell you this, whatever or whoever it is, he's on God's side and is called to protect Israel. Now that's not a stretch because that's exactly what it's saying. Is it not? Therefore, many theologians believe that is Michael, the archangel. Maybe, I don't know. All I know is God's using someone or something to protect Israel again. Do we understand? Okay. But the two wings of great so that she could fly where? Into the wilderness to her place where she will be nursed. And here's the deal. A time and times and half times. How much is a time? That one's not really hard. What is a time? One, singular. What is times? Two or more, right? And a half time. What is that? Three and one half years. It's the same thing with 1230 or whatever it is. I can't, 1240, I think. It's the same, or 1260. It's the same issue. It's the same amount of time. This great eagle who whisks away Israel to keep it and nourish it is during the last three and a half years of the tribulation. God is preserving His people, Israel. Keeps going. And the serpent poured, this is, we talked about this shortly, quickly last week, but I want to, and the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman. In other words, I will get you, I will send you a flood. And I don't know what that literally means except that this flood of whatever it is is going to consume and absolutely destroy Israel so that he may cause her to be swept away from the flood, Israel. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Again, we have God Almighty taking care of her. Amen? Again. Whoever is on the housetop, verses 16 through 20, must not go down to get the things that are out, must not get the things out that are in his house. In other words, I don't care what you're doing, get out of here. Whoever's in the field must not turn back to get his cloak. Don't even touch it. Run, run as fast as you can. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those that are nursing babies in those days. Why? Because you're going to be impeded from running. But pray that your flight may not in the winter. Why? That will hinder your, your, your fleeting away from the Antichrist. Or on the Sabbath, spiritually, you'll have guys, oh, you cannot walk on Sunday. Saturday, actually. Don't let that hinder you. Pray that it's not on Saturday because the Orthodox are going to resist you running. Because that's work. All of this is saying to us, verses 16 through 20, get out of here as fast as you can because this is the most horrific issue. The, the, the happenstance, cataclysmic events that has ever or will ever take place on this earth. It's going to be bad. Verse 21 through 22 as we continue. See, I told you we get to 22. <sighs> We're getting there. For then there'll be great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will 
unless these days have been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut off. I will tell you this, folks. Please listen. God will keep His own safe. God will keep His own safe. Don't have your hair on fire bouncing around like no one, no hope. God will keep all of His elect safe. By the way, this is the first time the word elect is here in the text. In the New Testament. First time it's here. And elect in this text, you can go to two different texts. I think it's 1 Thessalonians and I don't have it written down. I'm sorry. But there's two other texts. It, the elect talk about the Jewish people. Is Israel the elect of God? Yes or no? Absolutely. Is the church the elect of God? Yes or no? Absolutely. Both of them are true. Both of them are true. Now, here's the thing. This is a great tribulation. It's the worst that man has ever encountered on this earth. <clears throat> it's almost like... Can you imagine the total upheaval during the flood? You know, the great flood and everything, whole mass of earth change, right? This will be like that except without the water. The people won't luckily die. Did you hear that? They won't die, but they're going to wish they would have. Because that water won't destroy them. They will experience all of it in real life. It's so bad that the Bible says unless those days have been cut short, what does, does that mean? Well, I think it's talking about a 24-hour period. And I'll show you why. Unless those days have been cut short, no life would have been saved. In other words, if there's enough light during the day to go kill people, they're going to go kill them. But for the sake of the elect, but for the sake of the elect, listen folks, you are the elect. You are important. Amen. In this text, he's talking specifically about Israel. Israel also is the elect and they are just as important. Look at all that He's going to do for them. What does He do? We say, well, all that we know that's coming up is like judgments, right? We know there's the end of the sealed judgments are left in the three and a half years. The, all the judgments of the trumpet, all the judgments of the bowl, that's all three and a half years. Yeah, there's wicked, horrible things happening. So how in the world is it going to get cut off? By the way, how long is this great tribulation? Let's go through that quickly. He will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the Holy One. In other words, talking about the Antichrist. And He will intend to make alterations in times and in law. And they will be given into His hand. Who's they? The elect. <clears throat> the people. For what? He's got control of everything. For how long? Time, times, and a, and a half time. Two and a half years. Daniel chapter 12, I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river and he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time and times and half time. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. Next one. But the two wings of the great eagle. Do you remember that? Just talked about that. <clears throat> Could fly into the wilderness for she has nourished for a time, times and a half time. Revelation eleven twelve. Leave out the court which is outside the temple and do not measure it. This is cool. This text is really cool. There will be a temple built. I don't care. And they're saying, listen, don't measure it yet. Why? Because it's under Gentile control. Do you remember what they did to Herod's temple? It's all measured. Remember? Measuring all the time. Now he says, don't measure it yet. Why? Because it's going to get trodden under the foot of the holy city. This is in Revelation chapter 11. Do you know when this was actually written? Like 96 AD. Some people say, yeah, it'll be trodden under Rome. No, 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 no. That already happened. 26 years later or earlier. It's already done. So don't do this because for the last two or three and a half years, it'll be trodden under by Gentiles. Don't measure it yet. 
It's a big deal. Amen. For 42 months. What's 42 months? It's the lying time of the loan of my car. <laughs> Again, three and a half years. There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for what? Three and a half years was given to him. All right. Are we understanding that there is no question it's three and a half years is the great tribulation. It happens at the second half of the tribulation. Amen? I mean, we just showed you, you know, one verse is, is, is real and you can live by it. But when there's six, seven, eight verses, it's like, wake up, dude. Right? What are you going to do with this? You've got to do something. That's the great tribulation. Now, we're going to focus quickly with the remainder of our time on verse 22. Unless those days have been cut short. In other words, here we have, remember the scene, the abomination Antichrist has taken charge. He is going everywhere to eradicate Israel. Everywhere. God is protecting them. We just saw it twice. Uh, uh, wings of eagles taking them out. By the way, wings of eagles, that's where they get that. We're safe in the wings of the eagles. Amen? And that's exactly what's going on. He preserves His people. Then the flood comes. What does He do? He preserves His people. But, He's got to do more than that. This is a battle. He's won two of them, right? This is a war. There's two battles. The mountains, He, got, he won that one. The, the battle with the, with the big water thing, He won that one. He's got more. And He says in His text, listen, if I don't cut this, these days short, all my people will be eradicated. And if all of my people are eradicated, there will be no kingdom. If there's no kingdom, my word is null and void. Therefore, I will cut short the days. No, if, if I didn't do this, no life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, for their sake, those days will be cut short. How in the world is God going to shut cut short a 24-hour day. Is He going to shorten it? What, what's He going to do? Are you with me? What's going to happen? How is He going to do that? I will show you. First of all, the sixth seal judgment. So we know if it's the sixth seal judgment, how many judgments were before that? Five. It is my opinion that those five were the first half of the tribulation. Okay, The sixth one is I think it's right here, right at the beginning of the second half. I looked when he broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. We've heard about them before. And the sun became black as sackcloth made of hair. Now, I have not studied sackcloth made of hair to understand the ramifications of it, except to know that it's really dark. And the whole moon became like blood. And the stars of the sky fell to the earth. Oh. Here's what we got. Let me ask you. If the sun became black, how short would the day be? If the bright white or yellow moon be turned red, how much of the light would there be then? If they're fighting all these meteors and stars falling to the earth and those lights are gone too, how much is left for light? Let me ask you, did He cut the days short for the elect? Absolutely. As a fig tree casts its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind, the sky was split apart like a scroll when it was rolled up and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. You think? A star hits the earth, you've got issues. There's more. Fourth trumpet. So if we're at the fourth trumpet, how many trumpets came before that? Three, right? The fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun and the third of the moon and the third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened and the day would not shine for a third of it and the night in the same way. <clears throat> Got the same thing. So there's a time in, 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 in the tribulation where God just blackens out the sun. Then there's another time in, when He keeps it so it's a third of what a normal day would be. 
God's cutting short the time. Amen? There's more. There's a fifth bold judgment. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became what? Darkened. And they gnawed their tongues because of pain. Whole kingdom was lights out. Now let me ask you is it easy to track people in the dark? Is it easy to find people in the dark? Is it easy to find people in the dark when all these calamities are going on? Trumpet judgments, bold judgments, over and over and over again. One right after another, sometimes overlapping. It's just like, oh, get me out of here! The text says, unless those days have been cut short, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And God just showed you how He can do it and will do it. Amen? So the issue is this. <clears throat> how many have understood a lot of what we just talked about? Hopefully. There's a lot of information there. The reality is this. Just look at Israel practically. Now, I'm not a big practical theology guy. I like the text, amen? But even in the text, or starting with the text, practically speaking, there has been someone after to annihilate Israel from day one. I read through all of them, or not all of them, but many of them. And it's over, it's over, it's over again. They're, they're still trying to eradicate Israel today. There's nothing to gain of that. It, what do you so you get a water called the salt full of salt do you know okay so do you know that the dead sea is the lowest part of the entire earth so you want a really low sandy salty icky nasty eh, go get israel what's the point the point is a spiritual one the point is spiritual warfare. I will tell you, nation rises against Israel is being used of Satan. Any nation rising up against Israel is due to Satan. It's not anything else. It's not because they're prettier. It's not because they got lots of money or lots of warfare, lots of whatever. They just simply don't want them around because they're peoples of God. And it's going to get worse. And not only will it be with the Jews, but it will also be for Christians that are saved during the tribulation. They'll want to eradicate them. But guess what? Even in the worst time of world, the world will have or has have ever seen, God will take care of them. Do we see that? Can we see that truth? Didn't the Bible just say that's never been this bad and it never will be this bad? Remember? And during that time, that three and a half years, what does God do? He keeps, protects, and saves His people. Even in great tribulation, God's elect are sovereignly precious. He will never let us down. You know what? The principle can be applied to all of us. If you are born again, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation, nothing, nothing can keep you from the love of God. Romans chapter 8. Nothing can. There is no antichrist big enough. There's no Satan mean enough. There is no beast bad enough to keep you from God's love. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand my life. Oh, listen, buddy. We all have rough lives. We all are growing in that. Amen? If our hope 
is focused on Christ. The worst place any Christian can be is to look at their own life and say, woe is me. Everything's against me. 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 If that's your life, your life is absolutely miserable. When we focus on God, man, what a day. All you got to do is, you, you just, you know, this one thing goes up in the eye. It's called an eyelid. Both eyelids kindly wake up, right? right? Who did that? God in His grace. That fresh morning air, although it's a little cold right now, breathe that in. Who did that? God in His grace. You say, well, yeah, but all the unsaved and the saved get to have that. <clears throat> they do just because of God's grace. They are living this life on common grace. You are intimately known because of special grace. You are known differently than all other humanity. And if He's going to take care of the unbelievers by common grace, how much greater will He take care of you? Amen? Well, I'll tell you. He'll have an eagle whisk you off to the mountains and hide you in the cleft of the rock. He'll have the earth open up and have all that water that was doomed to kill you swallowed and gone and disappeared. I could just imagine the Jews going like, <laughs> look at our God! Can you see that? How many can see that? You thought it for worse, but God showed His great power. Keep on going, Satan. We'll see what else God does. And what does He do? He literally shortens the days for His elect during the tribulation to save them. If He does that for them, what more will He do for you? Rest in Him. Trust in Him. Focus on Him. Because He absolutely, positively loves you as His son and daughter. He will take care of you. Just like He promised there. Amen? What a great truth. Now, we got all that principle from how God tells us He's going to do deal with future issues. Eschatology is important. Amen? It's important. We can see more about God. Man, if God's going to do that, look out world. How does that give us feet? Let me ask you. This week, did you share Christ with anybody? Did you talk about the Lord with any person outside of the faith? Why? Whatever that answer is, why? Do you see what's coming for them? Do you realize in one, sw one swoop, a third or two-thirds of Jewish people are slaughtered? It's worse than the earth has ever experienced or will ever experience. We know that's coming. We know that's in store for those who are not believers. And we are quiet. Why? In our mind and in our heart, God's not big enough. That's the reality. We're scared what they might say or they might think. With that mentality, when your son goes out on 169 and play, decides to play a football game, just let him go. He'll figure it out. It'll be too late. We are here to glorify God. One of the ways we glorify God is giving the gospel to a lost and dying world 
who are going to face this in their future. So we can be a Christian of passion, compassion, and warn everybody. Or we can be a Christian of timidity and keep the truth to ourselves as if we're almost going, nah, 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 this is what we get. That is almost repulsive. It is repulsive, is it not? These truths impact our walk with Christ. Do it, does it not? Man, God loves you. He's proven it. He's proven it over and over again. We are to love others by giving them the truth. Don't waste another day. Their life depends on it. They need that special revelation in order to be saved. We are the ambassadors. We are the ones going out. Or are we? Dear Lord, thank You so much for this passage of Scripture which is so clear that You will protect Your people. No matter what happens, there's nothing that can happen. Paul was very clear. Go ahead and kill me. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm with Christ. Go ahead and persecute me. I'm closer to Christ. I'm pleasing Him more. Do whatever. doesn't matter. The glory of God is my whole mission. Dear Lord, I pray that that is the mission to every one of our lives. Whether at the workplace, at the play place, at the, at the car place, at the whatever, wherever we're at, help us to glorify You by proclaiming Your name for Your honor and for Your glory. Realizing, understanding that eternity awaits. Glory awaits. And this life on earth, although somewhat endured, it is endured because we love You and we want to share it with all peoples who You are, what You have done, what You are going to do so that Your glory will be exploded on this earth. God, I pray, I beg of You, help us to be a talking, walking ambassador for You that will glorify Your name in every aspect of our lives for Your honor and Your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Great passage of Scripture. I pray that was as impactful for you as it was for me because it certainly is for me. Have a great night. You're dismissed.